Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Sound Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Hodoff. Welcome, as always, by the one and only Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. you got UFC 274 to go over. UC Vegas 54 happening this Saturday. Bellator 280 happened last Friday. Bellator 281 happening this Friday, as well as some boxing news to close out the show. As always, if you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs once again. RogueEnergy.com, code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Get yourself something nice. Get somebody who loves something nice. They have lots of stuff, guys. Come on. Use the code. Get yourself something. Treat yourself. It's it's the summer. You might as well go ahead and get something nice. Get, get a nice flavor for the summer, you know? Anyways, as always, code SOUNDOFF, RogueEnergy.com. Last Saturday night from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, UC274, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. As far as the main event goes, Charles Oliveira is not the UFC lightweight champion. However, he is still the best lightweight on planet Earth. He defeats Justin Gaethje via rear naked choke. He knocks him down. He taps him out. Angel, my man, at this point, obviously he does not have the title, and we'll go over scale gate in a second, but... <laughs> I love that. Is there anybody else that you can argue? It, it, it's inarguable at this point. Charles Oliveira is the greatest lightweight on planet Earth. It's the untouchable. Greatest. It's untouchable. It's undisputed. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Why? Did you uh, think I was about to give you some more I opinion? Know. Look, dude, I'll put, I'll put it like this. There's a lot of Islam Makhachev fans that sprouted up over the weekend. I just wanted to... I didn't, I didn't know there were any that existed up until, like, Sunday. Josh, I'm not long. Josh... Josh, you're not... I'm not Josh Thompson. You got the wrong guy. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, man, he looked damn good. He looked damn good. Obviously, full credit to Gaethje. He did score a knockdown, you know. Um, just one, Josh. He, he faked him out with the other, didn't he? I thought the, the first one I thought was a clean knockdown. The second one, he landed on him, and it looked like he pulled guard. That's what it kind of looked like to me. He was kind of like, you know what, I got hit hard. I'm going to go and sit down for a minute. That's what it looked like to me. Um, mm-hmm. he, he got credited with one knockdown, regardless. Um but yeah, man, I mean, Oliver going out there and doing it the way that he did, the fashion that he did, just how shocked were you? Because I think generally, you know, you and I were on the same page in, in regards to that fight, where it's like, you know, Gaethje's going to have the advantage in the stand-up, you know, Oliver obviously has the advantage of the grappling, but dude, come come fight night, those motherfuckers are going toe-to-toe, Oliver was in the pocket with him, he ends up dropping him, he showcased his striking once again, and go, how surprised were you with the way that it played out? Uh, It was crazy. Uh, you got to love the fact that once it landed on the ground, he he went right into his bread and butter. He he went for the submission. He's like, I'm gonna go for the choke. I'm not gonna try to get on top of this guy and pound on him. Like great maturity out of him. Obviously making the the right decision. Um, uh, and it's it, it's been it's been the striking, right, Josh? I think that's been what it is. He's he's leading up into into his uh his current reign. It's been a lot of success on the feet. It hasn't been. Okay, it's not like Oliver. It's the jujitsu guy. He's gonna trach you down. And submit you. No, it's he's, he's going to stand with you, and maybe he'll wrap you up. And if there's if you guys end up down there, he'll find a submission. It's not him chasing the submission. It's just like if the opportunity is there, it'll lead to it, mm-hmm. and and that's what's been happening. I felt like uh, in this fight though, Josh. I feel like Justin Gaethje 
I don't know if he got his own, in his own head or he was fighting angry, but you saw, like, he started throwing with ferocity. I mean, so much that he fucking... He, he fell over at one point whenever he missed. He put he, so much power. He put in so much power, he fucking did a full, like, I don't know, but he, it was, it was, there was a bit of like, when he did that, I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, this isn't gonna be good. Um, mm. but we kind of already, we kind of already saw this shit coming, though, just the, just, just how it was going in, in, in the later of the round. Uh, yeah, I mean, going we'll, forward. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, going forward, Josh, I mean, he, he is, he's established himself as the best 155 around the planet. It's not even close. At this moment in time. Hmm. Granted, though, at this point in time, it's looking like it's going to be Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira for the vacant title. Is that the fight to make, Josh? Is this is this the matchup? Uh, I'm going to say yes. And really, it just comes down to the fact that... Well, okay. We're, it's kind of a little bit weird. Because Oliveira wants to take some time off. Because he's had three title fights within the span of 12 months. And it's a lot of preparation. It's a lot to go through. He said he wants to fight in December. If that's the case, Dariush Makachev is the fight to make. Mm-hmm. Just because he's going to be out for a bit. So I'm assuming, that, and besides, UC wants to make that fight anyway. So in that case, the winner of Makachev, Dariush, which I, I bet a lot of money would be Makachev. So, yeah, I agree with you in a roundabout way. But, yeah, I mean, that is the fight to make. Just because, I mean, what else is there to do? I mean, I love me some Michael Chandler, but Chandler just lost Oliveira, you know? Um, he got a nice win, which we'll talk about, but I don't think that's enough to get a title shot, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I just think you gotta go ahead and run. Olivera said he wants to be out, he's gonna take some time off, he's gonna fight in December, probably. November, December. At which point, you might as well run Makachev and Daryush in the meantime. Winner of that fights Charlie Olives for the belt. I think that makes sense. You know? Um, and damn, dude, it is just, it's a damn shame that we have to save for the vacant title. You know, I don't, I don't know if I really want to touch on the scale game. I mean, I joked about it, but I don't know if I really want to touch about it just because there's so many – we really don't know a whole lot. I mean, I know that apparently 15 fighters – I this is according to – like, I don't, I don't know how many of them verified, but there's a report that came out literally, I think, last night. 15 fighters um, agreed that there was something wrong with the scale back, like scale backstage that they all use. Because the, if you guys don't know, there's a scale that they have out for the official weigh-ins. They have a pre-scale that you can go test yourself before you go out just to make sure you're on weight. Apparently that one was off. Which is a digital scale, I believe, right? Not a, not the regular. Uh, yeah, correct. Uh-huh. So that one was off by 0.5. And um, so only two fighters missed weight. Uh, Dumont missed weight by 0.5. So did Oliveira. Um, and but there was like a lot of fighters that they were that they thought they were, you know, 0.5 under, and they ended up coming in 0.5 higher than they expected. So apparently that's just, all, that's a whole thing, you know. Um, obviously, I don't think the UC, the UC would have to admit that they were wrong in stripping Oliveira, so I'm sure he's he's not going to be, you know, renamed champion anytime soon, but I don't know, it feels it feels like a really sketchy situation, you know, um, but I suppose we'll see what I happens mean, with that in the future. Regardless, Josh, we both kind of think the rule is dumb of making exactly 155 for the time, which makes sense. But it's just weird to me that you don't get even, like, half a pound of grace or a pound, which I, I feel like... I think if you're going to have a one-pound allowance for non-title fights, you might as well have it for title fights, or you should just not have the non... Or you should just get rid of the pound allowance for whenever it's, you know, a non-title fight. What's the yeah, point of having pound, it, like, yeah, you're having the pound allowance, yeah, in general, right? Which, like, by the way, here's the thing. I feel like 99% of commission members 
would have let that go. Yeah. And the weird but, thing about this, Josh, is Oliver has come in under a lot recently. He has, yeah. Uh, like 154, 153, even at his light, uh, featherweight days, as low as 142, I think I saw, or 143. So it was yeah. odd for him, too. But I guess maybe with now, like, having the title, he's kind of focused more on his, you know, body conditioning, mm-hmm. maintaining muscle. So his cuts have to be a little bit more, what's the word for it, uh, exact, you know, yeah. more calculated. So, I mean, granted, there, there there was some failure on his end, but it just sucks that there's, like, other factors to it that kind of were, in a way, out of his control. Yeah. Well, look, I, I see a lot of people are like, why, you guys, why is there, like, a conspiracy? I mean, he's missed weight five times and yada, 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 which is pretty fucking out of context. Like, if you make that... Because he missed weight, correct? He missed weight five times throughout his career. At featherweight, four times previously. This would have been the fifth. He's never missed weight at lightweight. He's never even come close. So, um, yeah, man. I feel like that's, I see a lot of people making that case. And especially, like, if there's smoke, there's fire. And there's a shit ton of smoke on this thing. So it just feels very, very sus. I'll put it like that. Um, but obviously, we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out. There's not a whole lot of details in regards to, you know, nothing confirmed. I really hope that they decide to just reverse this shit. I, I, like, it just just feels wrong. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen a lot of cases throughout UFC history, especially in title fights, where guys have done a lot of suspect things and, to make white or they'll just step on the scale immediately and, oh, shit, 155. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not calling out names. But, <laughs> the you know, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This happened multiple times. And that's nobody called him then, but then Charles Oliveira, coincidentally fighting in Gaethje's hometown, by the way, he, he gets called for it. So, uh, whatever. Um... But regardless, Charles Oliveira, not a lightweight champion, but still the greatest lightweight on planet Earth. Um, this co-main event, I said at the top of the show, it was the best of times, which is not main event. This was the worst of times. This was indisputably, I saw some people trying to argue it with some other fights, but we can get into. This was by far the worst UFC title fight in history. And I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, as far as the end result, Carlos Barza defeats Rosami Yunus via split decision, uh, 48-47 as far as a 48-47-9 Nama Yunus and 49-46 as far as a, uh, this fight sucked, man. I mean, there's, there's no other, there's sometimes there are fights which people say sucked, and I think there's like a certain avenue to which you can, you can enjoy it. You know, Ngannou Lewis was terrible, but at least you can enjoy it with like the commentary. The commentary was so funny, and everybody was talking shit in the crowd, and it was a really funny experience. You know, Kimbo Dada back in the day, hilarious. You know, it was so bad. And there are other times where it's like, oh, like they're not really doing a whole lot, but it's like a technical fight where two guys are not really throwing to a lot of strikes, but it's a very technical game plan. This fight just sucked. I mean, I mean, Rose did, she essentially just stayed on the back foot the entire time. Carlos Barza tried to move forward, but she very clearly has her limitations as a striker, and she's also the much shorter like once, and she couldn't really do a whole lot. She shot for takedown. She got two of them, you know, I think for a combined 40 seconds control time. This fight just sucked. Uh, Angel, what I'll ask you is, is what do you think about the fight itself? What do you think about the result? A lot, I saw a lot of people saying, like, you know what, whenever it comes to a fight like this, maybe they shouldn't let Esparza be champion because the, the fight itself was just so terrible. It was a terrible fight, man. I mean, just keep it simple. I mean, and I can't hate on the champ, right? She came out. She did what she was supposed to do. Uh, the current champ, not talking about Rose. Yeah, talking uh, about Esparza. But, uh, I mean, it was a disappointment. And, you, and what was the other part of your question? Uh, just, like, how, what do you think about the end result? Oh, I didn't have an like, issue with it. 
So I'm I thought it was a, yeah. I thought I thought it was a rare result. Yeah. I, I mean, I right, I thought the right person won. Yeah, so did I. I still saw I saw some people crying for a Rose Robbery, and I just thought, like, what the fuck did they watch? You know what I mean? Like, there was so little in this that neither one could complain. But even then, I thought it was I I gave as far as a full round just by virtue of I thought round five was Rose's round because she actually did shit, and that that round made me more upset than anything because she showed like she easily won the round. In around five, you don't really expect, you know, both of them are tired by that point. You don't really expect that to happen too often. She easily won the round. It wasn't even close. She showed that she could have done that the entire time, but she just didn't, you know? I gave, as far as the four rounds, I thought it was a terrible fight, but I thought she cleanly won. Um, what do you think about the comments afterwards, particularly from Rose's camp? Uh, her, I know she said in the post-fight that, you know, Yo, didn't she thought she had good defense and she gets scores for defense? Why do I always have to fuck up my face? Was something she said. You know, Pat Barry said she thought uh, Rose is up 4 0 heading into the fifth round. I mean, what do you think about all those post fight comments? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, uh, they're, they're saying, they, they, I think in the moment, right, they might be thinking a lot of these things, but a lot of it is wrong. You know what I mean? I, I, it, uh, if you go back and like watch the fight, you see that they genuinely think everything. They make it seem like everything is all right. No, it was quite the fucking opposite. Nothing <laughs> was all right. Yes, she was following the game plan. Yes, she looked good. She was fluid. She was moving well. But none of that was leading to her winning rounds. None of that was leading to her winning that fight. It was quite the opposite. It was actually losing her the fight because she wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm on the same page. I think, I mean, you got to be in massive denial to think that Rose did anything. Dude, they were, like, saying, they were like 9-11 denier status, Josh. Like, it was up there. <laughs> yeah, this, this was terrifying, dude. Like, this was just such a... I can't even... So on the, on the show last week, I said, like, you know what? Like, Rose, you know, she's a bit of a mental fighter. She gets in her own head sometimes and yada, yada, yada. And she already lost with Sarge, so I thought maybe that would that would play a similar role. I said that I didn't really know what that meant at the time. You know, I kind of just thought, like, maybe she would be a, a little bit hesitant to throw. Maybe she'd be more wild, yada, yada, yada. Dude, I didn't know she just wouldn't fucking throw punches. Like, I had no idea that would happen. Like, they were so terrified of the takedown, which props to Carlos Barza. Like, I see, like, I, I, you know what, she's she's won me over to something. I'll admit it. You know, I've always, I, I was telling people that she deserved a title shot a long time ago, but I didn't expect her to do a whole lot with it. I ended up picking her, but, you know. Um, she came out afterwards. She was like, yeah, I mean, somebody asked about the commentary. She was like, yeah, they were being real. Like, I, as the fight was going on, I knew the fight sucked, you know. Um, you know, and, and then after, just to see, like, the disparity between her and the, the Rose and her camp, it's just, like, no wonder she won. Like, she was actually being real about how the fight was playing out, you know, and that's just, it was so tough, man. It was so tough to watch. Uh, congratulations, Carlos Barr, she's getting married this week, too, so what a What, what a big nice, W, right? Yeah, huge W. She didn't even get punched in the face, you know? Um, she's going to look good on her wedding, and she has the title? Better question is, does she walk down the aisle with the, the title? Oh, she better, dude. <laughs> I would, dude. Fuck it, bro. It's my wedding. Same page. Same page. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um, yeah, man, this this fight sucks. Anyways. Um, it's the worst title fight in MMA history, right, officially? Oh, I don't even think. 
yeah, I can't, I can't think of what comes like close. I'm just, I some people are saying like Yoel and Izzy, but Izzy at least threw leg kicks and Yoel had a couple big moments. Like he landed a couple big shots. Like there was there was something there. You know, also, a lot. Also, he put the the fear of God in him too when he landed a big shot, and it kind he of did, changed. He did just why that fight changed pace so quick. Way. Yeah, that's why that fight played out a certain way. Neither these two fought like. Dude, like, I, I can't even say these two, because like I said, like, Esparza was trying to do stuff, but she clearly has physical limitations. Like, dude, I think Rose was fucking shadow boxing in there, dude. I don't know who the fuck she was looking at with those things from a mile away. Dude, Ro- I was thinking about this, dude. Like, she fought like she was fighting Francis and Gatto. <laughs> she That's was like, what I, she did. She said, I can't go in. Yeah, like, she can't. Oh, yeah, I got to stay on the out. Like, dude, she fought like she was fighting Francis and Gatto, but she was fighting, like, five foot, point five, like, like five point zero five. Carlos Barza. Like, she's very, very tiny. She's not a striker. Like, she's tough. She's tough, but man, she's, like I said, she's a lot of physical limitations. You know? The fact that, like, Rose did a good job at stuffing the takedowns, and, like, she's still lost. If you told me this fight was going to be fought mostly on the feet, and Carlo would have won, I'd been like, dog, word? Like, what the fuck? And be down on the strikes, too. Yeah, like, like dog, wait, what? Like no, like that's not gonna he happen. You said hold up, G. I was like, word? Like no way, like <laughs> no motherfucking way. Like just regardless, dude. Uh, shout out Carlos Barza. She did win the fight. It's not one I'm ever gonna watch again. Um, and I hated watching the first time. But congratulations, Carlos Barza. Uh, Rose, man, I don't even know where she goes from here, man. Like that was such a bad loss. It's one thing if you lose who, the title. Who are they gonna make her fight? That's a better question. She's in a weird spot because she's fought. So she she lost her title, right? Yeah. She actually let me let me look at it to have the full picture in my head real quick. We gotta go back to the Andrade fight, which she lost, where she got you know slammed very you know violently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she 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 fights, she loses her title. It's there's quite a bit of time. Obviously, COVID plays a factor. She went to split decision. She gets the title back from Whaley. You know, fucking vicious head kick. Wins a split against Whaley, which I thought she lost, and now lost to Sparza in one of the worst fights I've ever seen. Uh, she has to fight down at this point, right? Like they're they're gonna have to make her fight someone who's on the verge, right? Like uh, they they have to be looking at some other options. Like are they gonna throw like a Marina Rodriguez her way? Are they gonna maybe maybe draw? Are they gonna maybe trying to run a Just Gondra, you know, like trilogy with her? Like, uh, like I wonder what they, what direction they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know who she can fight. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think she does have to fight down. I think, you know, after that, that, that Whaley rematch, I thought she got really lucky. You know, I thought she was really hesitant. I thought she lost that fight, but it was a close fight where I didn't really complain too much. I thought she was really, really hesitant. You know. Um, but then she went ahead and she got away with it that one time, and she did the same thing again, and it just she wasn't gonna be able to get away with it. It was just such a such a bad fight and such a terrible fight. I don't I don't know what she's I, I don't know what she's gonna do from here. You know, it feels like she's lacking a bit of initiative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when she's the one who's capable of dictating a fight, just because the way she fights. You know. I mean, she's one of the most talented women's fighters thing I've ever seen. I think her on her best day beats every single strawweight ever. Like, I truly believe that, you know? 
I think Yoan is the goat because of like her pedigree and that second fight was really close and you know it's it's close between her and Rose. I'll say it's close, but like mm-hmm. I think Rose on her best day beats every single strawweight on their best day ever. You know, um, maybe not Tatiana Suarez, but you know, <laughs> well we we, we sadly won't get to see that. Should be everybody, should be Nons, but you know. Um, <laughs> regardless, yeah, man, I don't know what she does from here. I, I think that she needs to take a step back and just. I think she's got to reevaluate some stuff, man. I mean, I think this is again an- another setback. I'm I'm referring more to training. I'm not talking about her mental state, because I mean that's not something she's be able to change. She's so deep into her career at this point, it would, that's not going to change. How she is a person is not going to change. She's 29; she's going to get older. But like, dude, like specifically in training, I think Trevor Whitman is one of the greatest coaches in MMA. But that whole I'm not going to touch the bat, the Pat Berry stuff. But all I'm saying is that she should really, really evaluate who her number one coach is. That's all I'm going to say on that. I mean, at the end of the day, if they do just, if she does decide to go a different, not a different direction, but Pat stepping back as number two still wouldn't be bad because it's not like he's the guy making all the tactical adjustments, you know? Yeah, and I mean, Pat Berry's not an idiot in regards to MMA, but the no. fact that he was the number one guy in in the corner and he was telling her that, like, yeah, yeah you're up four rounds to nothing. He's, he's, he's the number one guy, and you have Trevor Whitman sitting in the back. You have Trevor Whitman, the greatest mind in MMA right now, arguably, in regards to coaching, sitting in the corner, and you have to take a back seat. It's like, man, no. Like, come on. And you even see, like, Trevor's the number number two coach, because I think, I think he just likes, I think he enjoys coaching real. That's why he's even there. But, like, you saw, like, I'm not sure if you all picked, also picked this up, like, on the vibe. Like, and you could tell Trevor was getting more upset as the fight was going on, too. Like, you see round five, he was like, all right, you had fun. now it's time to go. You had fun. Now it's time to go. Like, I wish, even he I, was I wish we had, a, like, just corner footage, you know, to listen to the corner. I, yeah. I know why they don't do it, but, fuck, man, I, I'd love to see, like, the full, like, you know, 25 minutes of the corner speaking, you know, mm-hmm. and the camera on them. And hear them talking, see their facial. Like I want, I, I would love to genuinely see if they were really thinking, "Holy fuck, we blew this bitch out," you know? Yeah. I mean, I went because I, if you guys don't know, I was on, I was on vacation, so I didn't see this fight live. Um, but then I rewatched it and I watched the fight, and it was just terrible, and I regretted it. But I, I went back and I watched the corner audio because I was like, "Man, is that one?" I saw Rose say that in the post fight, like, "Oh yeah, my corner told me it was up four rounds." said Trevor Whitman did. I went back, and I was like, there's no fucking way he did. He didn't. Pat Berry said she was, but... Uh, yeah, man, that was just terrible. I think she's got to reevaluate that. But I think we spent enough... Imagine, that, Josh, a, a world yeah. where she moves away from Trevor as her coach. I think that'd be the worst mistake of her career. If she, if she double... If she double... <laughs> like, if she decided to, like, just double down and and stay with Pat... That would be, that'd be horrific. That would be really, really bad, dude. But anyway, man. Um. Anyways, I think you know what, guys. I think that we just gave you about twelve minutes of a recap, and that was so much better than that entire twenty-five minute fight. And, and but and by chance, did you actually watch Chael's talk about this fight? No, I didn't. But was it comedy? It was so comedy because he talked about it for like fifteen. He he talked about it for seven minutes. He's like, in that. Ladies and gentlemen, might be the worst topic in, the, in this history of the show. But 
you were entertained for the seven minutes and 58 seconds that I talked about it. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, Chael, you got me. Like, that was – I love the – I love – he's always a hype man. And he, even he was like, yeah, this was terrible. Like, I can – He's like, I'm, like not, I'm not going to deny it, guys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, moving on down, this fight was not terrible. Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson. Uh, Josh, we called this shit, by the way. We did. We Which did. Kinda sad. It's kind of sad that we called it, but it, it was bound to happen. Yeah, true. And uh, but hey, you know what? Let's let's call it for what it is. Al Kakui was back in, in round one. Al Kakui was back. You, round you know, one. he got his thinking there, right? And it and it doesn't mean that his next fight can't be good. You know. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I think if he's matched up with the right guy, he can have a good fight. You know, and I don't even think it'd be maybe not even anybody outside the top fifteen. You know what I mean? But Michael Chandler's got that that. Firepower. I guess we didn't say how he won. He knocked out, knocked him out to get in. See, head kick, seventeen seconds into round two. Look, round one was pretty clearly tough. Look, it was a very, uh, it was a front kick to the face. You know, it was front very kick to the fucking teeth. Yeah, it was a very unique way for specifically Michael Chandler to finish someone. Yeah, the, uh, even he said, yeah, I just kind of feel out there as like a like a range finder. I didn't expect it to land. Yeah, no, he landed it. He landed it good. It, it put Tony out. First, first person to ever finish Tony in his in his career, his MMA career. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, must feel good, but not good at the same time, right? But uh, you know, it was it was sick, and we called it, Josh. I, I said Josh, there's a good chance that uh, Tony Ferguson might get finished in this fight, and he's never been finished ever in his career, and it might just happen. And you know, in a bad way, in a good way, we called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hard to watch though. I mean, especially when because Tony was out for such a long time. You know, um, it was a little bit tough to watch. But even with that, I mean, god damn, dude, Michael Chandler, four fights in, he's two and two. I think he's he's in the conversation. Four fight, only four fights in, maybe one of the best signings the UFC's ever done, right or wrong. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I think, especially coming from another decently sized promotion that is in the UFC, I'd say this is one of the biggest W's they've gotten. I could have phrased that better, but like not just like a general sign, but like from like another promotion, like another big free agent sign. This is arguably the best they've ever done. Well, I mean, this it's, is it's it's probably him and Justin Gaethje, right? World Series I, fighting. I'd say so. I'd say so. I mean, yeah, I, I that's probably maybe I mean, Eddie. Uh, at its time, probably. Um, we're trying to think if there's anybody else we're forgetting. I mean, Krokop was a big deal, but he ended up kind of flopping on his first run. He did, sadly, yes. Yeah, he came back. He he had. A, I mean, he only had one fight. I think as part of the second run, but he knocked out Gonzalez, so he got that one back. I but mean, yeah. and there's guys that we haven't seen yet, right? That have gotten signed recently, and their time might come. I mean, like Drikus, you know, obviously he had his little run up in. Uh, Oh man, what's the poly, uh, promotion? I'm, I'm blanking KSW? on it. KSW. KSW. He, yeah, he had his little reign there. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit, even, I mean, you know, I guess John Pahovich is another one that we really don't think about, but it, in a different way, right? Cause it's more, more or less his kind of success that he's gotten, right? And how it's kind of worked out for himself. Not necessarily directly for the UFC as a, as a brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but dude, this is just, god damn, he is, Something. I mean, I. I mean, I pumped him up when he got signed. I remember, a lot of people were kind of skeptical. You know. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't Josh. know why either. I don't know why either. People, um, people just want to hate Josh. I mean, we. Uh, 
You know something, Josh? I just think we're just fucking smarter than everybody. That's I really think what so. it is. I think so. I think that's. I think that's it. Honestly, our brains are just too big. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. This is a yeah. Goddamn. What a, what a knockout, man. What a knockout. Um. I don't know what to really say about this. I mean, he, he called out a lot of people post fight. Um. He said he was, he wanted to fight the winner of Gaethje Oliveira ended up being Oliveira. That's probably not going to happen though. Now, he also wants to fight Conor McGregor. He also in the day afterwards called out Nate Diaz. I I'll be honest, I don't think he fights any one of those guys. <laughs> who, who does he fight then? Um, you think he's gonna fight someone who's under him, who's on the come up? Pro, I don't even know, man. I think they're gonna give him some, maybe maybe Poirier, maybe. Really? I mean, I guess they haven't fought. That that'd be a banger. But they train out at the same gym though, so I don't think that would happen. No, they don't. They don't? I thought they no. did. No. Um, man, where does Chandler train out of? I can't remember. Where he trains out of, but I know they don't train together because they have beef. Chandler okay. said he doesn't want to fight him. Oh yeah, they do have beef. You're right. Yeah, because he said that he got Poirier dismissed him when he came to the UFC, which to be fair, he did. You know, he turned a fight down with him multiple times. So he, he, fights, want to... at, he fights out of Sanford. Yeah, with Henry Hooft. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? Where's Poirier fight out of? Where am I blanking? ATT. ATT. Oh, but they're both in Miami, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's why it fucked me up. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, man, definitely. Uh, what in Miami before? Oh, yeah. But, anyways, man, this was a hell of a knockout. Can't wait to see Chandler back in there next time. Um, and it, like, it was kind of like I saw a lot of people bashing. They they were talking about like, oh, you know, the UC got what they wanted by booking this one, you know, because um, Ferguson got knocked out. And I kind of thought the exact opposite. I thought the UC kind of. Like, I thought they kind of proved that they went ahead and made the right booking decision here because that fight was dope. Like, Ferguson looked like himself. And if it wasn't for, like, a flash knockout, who knows how it would have gone, you know? It was a very sudden thing. I mean, you can't, it was. Just, you can't just base it up on... You need to look at the whole picture, like, how he was looking up until that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good. Yep. Um, anyways, man, it's, in regards to the other fights on the main card... Uh, obviously, Lozon Cerrone got canceled. That guy was got devastating. Moved. That was devastating. But we did have one old guy fight. This one was not nearly as fun as we'd hoped. Uh, Owen St. Pru, first time around was a knockout over Shogun Hua. He does go 2-0 in the series, gets a split decision win. This fight sucked. I don't have too many thoughts on it. What do you think? It, it, was, <laughs> it, was, a, it was a rough one. I had high expectations for it. I don't know why. You said you didn't? I, ha- I, I had high expectations oh. for it. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know why either. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm a moron, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. This is a, uh, a fucking rough one, dude. Like, I didn't, I didn't get it at all. I, I just didn't. I mean, I knew it was going to be rough, you know? Um, but anyways, um, just because at this point in their career, neither, neither one kind of, they're not really big on throwing. They're both pretty washed. Um, 39 year old versus a 40 year old. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad one of these guys got a win, though. You know, I'll put it like that. I'm, I'm glad to see that they got a win. I'm glad they're going to give. It, it's good that they fight. fought each other, though. Yeah, I'm glad they're they're giving him, they're giving both these guys appropriate matchups in this in their point in, in their career. You know what I mean? That's what I'm happy about. Yeah, they're not fighting fucking Yuri, you know, <laughs> or Rockage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm fine with that and fine with it in that regard, but. Anyways, um, 
Main event opened with main, excuse me, main card opened with Randy Brown defeating Chaos Williams. You did not pick this one because he got moved up the main card like two hours before the the card started. Give me your thoughts on this one. I know the decision was a bit controversial, but what do you think? I mean, it was it was an all right fight. I didn't think it was anything too special. I I thought it was an end and a finish just because of the names. So I was a bit disappointed about it. But uh, credit to Randy Brown, right? I mean, he he came out, he did he did his thing. It, it didn't come out with, you know, it didn't come without controversy, of course, but we get those sometimes. I, I definitely have to, like, uh, rewatch this one again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I th- honestly, if I'm going to be honest with you, Josh, if we would have made picks, I would have picked up, I would have picked Chaos Williams. I probably would have as well. But Randy Brown's a, I mean, don't look, I mean, look out, dude. 31, 31 years young. He's improving a lot over his last few fights. I think he's won five of his last six and the one loss to Luke. He's looking damn good lately, dude. But, um, anyways, man. Yeah, uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, as far as prelims go, give me your take on some of these fights. Oh, boy, man. I need I need to highlight our, our boy Brandon Rival, one of, one of our favorites in the division. He came out and got a, uh, I believe it was a, it was a submission, a first round. Uh, last one, controversial last fight. Look. It happens, right? You know, can't can't do anything about it now. But uh, he's stringing them together again, man. He's trying to get back to that title, and uh, I mean, he's he's chugging along there, man. He's doing his little thing. He's he's not getting a lot of you know praise for it or anything. He's not fighting any super big names in that division, but he's he's digging at it. Mm-hmm. For sure, and. I kind of feel like like this card was kind of like a night for, I want to say old guys, because obviously, you know, Tony lost, but, you know, Chandler's 36, he got the dub, you know, uh, OSP's 39, he got the dub, Trinaldo's really, really old. It's like 42, 41, 43, 43. 43. And it was somewhere in that range. Yeah, he's even older than I thought, it's only, it's only like 41, 42. Anyways, man, yeah, it was kind of a, it's kind of a night for old dudes, honestly. Um, Blagoy won, too. Blagoy, yeah, that's another big one. That was Blagoy's first fight in a long time, so I was happy for him, dude. Really, really happy for that guy. Two years. Um, almost, almost exactly two years. Nice, yeah. So, shout out Blagoy getting back in the one column. Uh, Macy Chason defeating Norma Dumont. That was kind of a weird decision, you know? Um, I actually thought Norma won that one, but regardless. Um, not a huge deal. Dude, Andre Fialo. Um, yeah. This guy's 28. And we're obviously we're three fights in the UFC run. He's looking damn good, dude. Like I, I gotta go and say it. Yeah, he's a real deal. He's a real deal. He came out here, got a finish, came on short notice. That's what you want to see out of a guy and made weight. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and he looked he looked damn good. Two knockouts in the span of a month. Knocked out Miguel Baez and knocked out Cameron Van Camp. Obviously, his one loss is to Michelle Bahia, which at this point, I mean that's that's not a bad loss by any means, you know. Oh yeah. Um, Short notice too. Yeah, correct. So yeah, man. Um, our girl Lupi Godinez picked up a nice win over Ariane Cornelosi. She's still doing it. She's still chugging along. Still doing the damn thing. She's still only twenty eight. You know, a big fan of Lupi. Um, yeah, man. I thought it was a pretty fun card. Oh, I really forgot to mention something. Brandon Roy Val, raw dog. That was um, the one I highlighted, Josh. Yeah. Well, I mean. I, I meant to highlight it. My bad. I meant to touch on it. I forgot to touch on that one. Um, Raw Dog is a bad man. Um, I meant to ask you, did you see that he's trying to be the backup for Kai Carr France versus Brandon Moreno? Oh, that'd be, I mean, he'd get it back against 
Brandon if he had to get the call up. So I mean, that's smart by him. Yep. So yeah, dude. Actually, hasn't cool. he been a backup before? He was trying. He was a backup for uh, a different fight, wasn't he? I think he might have been the backup for um, two fifty five. I think, which was Figueroa versus Perez. Yeah, I know he was trying to be. Or I know he was a backup for another fight. I believe I might be wrong, but I believe he tried to be a backup or was the backup. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's been the backup for in the past for at least one fight. But yeah, man, Brandon Roy Val is a damn good. And honestly, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because he was never a guy that was expected to be like a big deal. You know, he kind of kind of got signed on. If I'm correct, he got signed at short notice to fight um, Tim Elliott, and he beat Tim he Elliott. Did. Beat Over him, Kyle beat Challenger. Kai, yeah, beat Kai Carl France. He just shot up so quickly. You know, he, he lost to Moreno, which was, I believe, was it like an injury? He got injured. Shoulder. Yeah. yeah, and then um, the Pantoja fighting goes away, but now he's back-to-back wins. He's right fucking there, dude. And I've, listened, I've, I've seen a couple of interviews of him. He's, he's a really cool dude, you know? I like his um, personality a lot. He's fun. Yeah, for sure. So I was happy to see him get that win. Uh, he's Matt so Sh- big, though. He's 5'90". He could literally be a featherweight. He's, he's my height, and he's 125 pounds. He could, he could even be a lightweight. Yeah, he could be. He's got the frame for it. Um, yeah, there's so much to fill out. I, I'm sure by the end, as he gets older. By the end of his career, I think he's going to be fighting 135, 145 probably. He's only 28, right? I think. 28, so. 29 in that range. Yeah, he's real young. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's, in, his, he's in his adult body at this point. I mean, it's it's not going to get any any bigger or any smaller. Yeah, but maybe as he gets older, he'll just want to stop cutting weight. I could oh, yeah. Fuck cutting weight, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's fought a... Yeah, he fought at bantamweight. Started. He actually fought as high as 140 to start his career. Really? He fought at bantamweight up until 2016. It's it's crazy, dude. People don't know this, but he fought in the World Series of Fighting. He did. It's on the Gagey card. All the way back, World Series of Fighting 29. He's been around. He 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 fought in Combate. Like he he LFA. Like he's been in the mix. Like he's one of those guys who was committed to being in this fighting shit. For sure, and I'm so. I'm so happy to see him having success, dude. I mean, he's, he's a good dude, and he's one of the most entertaining guys in the sport right now. Um, Flyweight is popping right now, man. Flyweight is such a good... And obviously, like, it's a division. It's insane to think about, Angel, but this time, what, two, three... It would have been three years ago. They were cutting the Flyweight division. We would have never seen Roy Val. You know? Like, we would have not seen a lot of these guys. Well, good thing they didn't. Cause yeah. That was, I think that would have been one of the biggest mistakes they would have made in in their career. Um, yeah, no. But, it all yeah. worked out. Thank God, thank God. But yeah, anyway, so this is all we had to touch on in regards to UC, UC 274. But happening this weekend, UC Vegas 54, UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. This Saturday night, a big light heavyweight showdown between Jan Wachowicz, the former UC light heavyweight champion, back for the first time since October, taking on Alexander Rachic. Um, big fight here, my man. Both of these guys looking to get a top shot. Number one versus number three in the division. Five rounds. I like this fight a lot, man. I really like like this fight a whole lot. But what do you think about this one? Who you got? Oh man. Uh, first of all, banger of a fight. Former champ, up and coming star. Pretty much a title eliminator. Well, not a title eliminator, but pretty much a uh, kind of like for Rochich, like. If he wins this, he's next in line for the title, right? Yeah, and I think that even if, depending on who wins Glover versus Yuri, even if Yang wins, it could be right there. That That's very possible, too. Yeah. Uh, look, man, I, I think it's going to be a... 
for Blahovich, we, we know the game plan, right? He's going to come in. He's going to be tight. He, he needs to get in the pocket to do his thing, unleash that power. He does have those kicks, which we did see in the Dom Reyes fight. I'm curious, yeah. I'm curious to see how he, if he decides to do that against a guy like Rogic, who's also like very long, can fight at distance. Uh, does Blahovich maybe consider a takedown or two here? I wonder if that's going to be a factor. Uh, Rogic is not afraid of fighting like a super safe fight, like we've seen that. So, I mean, yeah. I'm curious to see how he decides the deal with Blahovich. Like if he if he decides to just be very distancey, very long, not really taking any risk. He has finishing capabilities. But he hasn't finished any top talent yet. Uh, mm. He did put a beating on our boy Anthony Smith. Uh, but at that point, Smith's career was looking a bit, you know, there was weird things going on there. He was, he was in a rough spot at that point. He was in a rough spot. So obviously that's another thing. But he couldn't get him out of there, which it looked like he should have uh, just from his, his his previous fight. I think he had fought. Had he fought previously before that? Had he fought already fought uh, the Glover fight before that where he got hurt really badly? Let me double check. Actually, Matt cares. Yeah, he did. So... Yeah, I thought he should have got him out of there just because of that. But Anthony Smith's just that that guy. He is. Uh, for me, look, I'm gonna go with the safe pick, Josh. I think I'm gonna pick Rockage. I think he's gonna be smart. Get it, string it out to his decision. Avoid any takedowns as they come in. Fight at range. Not try to get in the bone booth. And uh, be Blahovich. Mm. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Um, Jan's a guy where I'm not sure if it was like a one fight occurrence that fight against Glover is really, really hesitant. I understand Glover obviously has a takedown threat, but I really assumed that he would have done more, you know what I mean? Um, especially in a, in a title fight situation. That was kind of bizarre, but um, I'm not really sure if, it's, if that was just a one fight occurrence or if it was just him slowing down at this age. At 39, the fact that he won the title and was a champion was miraculous and of its own right. It was insane to see that he finally climbed the, climbed the mountaintop, you know. But maybe he's getting a bit up there in age. In regards to this fight, um, I think we're going to see what he's got left, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm high on Alexander Rocic. I think he's had a couple of stinkers in a row. I think he's going to go out there and put on a good fight and cement himself as a number one contender. I think that he should be fighting the winner of Glover versus Year, which is happening next month. I think we strategically put this fight very, very close uh, to that one. So, yeah, man, very, very excited for this fight, and I can see it going either way, but I am going to go and take Rogic. I just think it's going to be his fight. It's going to be his night. But, yeah, man. Um, as far as the co event, we have another light heavyweight showdown in that one. Ryan Spann taking on Ian Cote Lava. Spann's back for the first time since his main event lost to Anthony Smith last September. Uh, Kute Lava, on the other hand, is riding a, uh, you know, he's coming off of a, a very nice win, which is actually on the undercard of that fight, uh, where he beat the dog shit out of Devin Clark. Uh, prior to that, he had a draw, and then his two fights here against Magomed Ankalaev. Uh, yeah, man, very, very interesting fight here. Who you got in this co-main spot? I personally, this is, this is a hard one for me to pick, Josh, but I'm going to go with the whole Kute Lava. I think... He's going to come in. He's going to be a bully. He's going to give Span a lot of trouble. I think he's going to walk him down, be right in his face, be able to unleash his power. And I think he might, be, might even be able to get a finish. That's what I'm thinking, too. I think that uh, that Anthony Smith fight showed that if there's, Ryan Span is a very – he's very powerful. He has huge punching power. But if you're not afraid of walking him down, you're going to have some fucking success. Johnny Walker also knocked him out. Um, not nearly as easily as Sandy Smith dominated him. Granted, it was a submission, but he just walked him down and hurt him. He dropped him like three times in the span of that first round. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to go and go Elon Kutilov. The one thing that dude's got going for him is that he just walks forward like a zombie or like a Hulk all the time. She doesn't give a shit what's coming back at him, which does have its, its problems, like whenever he got knocked out brutally. Um, but, yeah, man, I am going to go and take him to win this coming spot. Very tough fight for me to pick personally, though. Uh, so, same there. Um, yeah, man, as far as the rest of this card goes, i got to be honest, man, I like a lot of fights in this card. Which ones are you looking forward to talking about? Which ones are you looking forward to the most? Ooh. I think I'd have to say... Oh, where's it at? Michael Jansen... Alan Patrick. Alan Patrick fought uh, my boy, I believe, Mason Jones uh, last year, like around the same time. And in an accidental eye poke, it looked like it was going to be a banger. I'd be curious to see how he does against Michael Johnson because Michael Johnson always is in pretty good fights. So mm-hmm. I think we're we're in line for something pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same page. I think that's going to be a really fun fight. I think Michael Johnson needs this one badly, man. Really, really badly. And Alan Patrick is a guy. This fight makes a lot of sense. He's uh, he was 38, um, getting up there in age. He's had a rough streak recently, but I mean, both these guys need a win. To be honest, not just Michael Johnson, but he's currently riding a four-fight winless streak. So we'll see if he if the menace can get back on the right the right uh, track here. He's still only 35, which is kind of weird to think about considering how long he's been around. But he's he's a he's a you know a rough 35 based off of how much damage he's taken throughout this game. You know. Um, that should be a fun one. Angel, I am, you know, I'm hyped, gotta be honest. Of all the fights on this card, there's a couple of really, really good ones. Frank Camacho, Manuel Torres should be fun. Jake Hadley making his UC debut. Man, Davey Grant, though, versus Luis Smoke sounds like a fucking banger. Am I, am I the only one that's thinking this, dude? Like, this seems like an awesome fight on paper. No, I agree with you, dude. I'm on the same page. I think it's a fucking banger, too. Yeah, man, there's a couple of low-key fights on this card. I think... Uh, another the radar one, which people should be watching to fight. I mean, honestly, I can see the winner of this fighting Valentina Shevchenko, which Shit. would be a, which would suck. But you know, I don't like either one of them against her. But just you know, ratings wise, Caitlin Shukagian riding a, a three fight winning streak, not Amanda Hebos making her. I guess it would be flyweight second fight. She, I think she fought Paige at flyweight once, and then she moved back down. Um, dude, if if fucking uh, Hebos wins this one, she's number one in the division. If Shukagian wins, should be riding a four or five win streak, you know, um, with wins five or last six. So, yeah, man, I mean, she's right there. So, low-key, low-key, little bit of a, I don't want to say title eliminator, but, you know, winner's right there, depending on who wins that fight. So, be sure to watch that one. Um, Andrea Lee taking on Viviana Ardrero should be fun. Vernon Janet taking on Angela Hill should be fun. And opening up the card, which I'm surprised opening up the card. This is the weird one. I was going to say that. Yeah, Nitz Maximov, who is, I think I talked about him when we talked about, like, prospects, top guys in the future of the sport. Uh, that could be the future of the sport. He's 24 years young. Obviously, he's a, he's a Diaz boy. Sing on Andre Petrovsky off of the Ultimate Fighter, who is coming off of a, uh, a huge win. Well, I mean, he's won two UFC fights, but it's last time last time that was a huge win over on Hugh, which battered him, you know? I like this fight a lot. I'm, I'm really confused as to why it's so low on the card, though. So I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one thinking that. But, I'm gonna yeah, man. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Um, is there anything else we touch on before we move on to Bellator? No. Uh, dude, we didn't highlight Frank Camacho, dude. I hadn't seen that name in forever. Yeah. It's been two years. Last time he fought Justin Jeans. Why was he out so long, do you know? Um, I know that he had a couple of fights scheduled. Um, 
apparently, according to according to Wiki, he had a fight scheduled. He had to pull out due to Kobe. He was supposed to fight Brock Weaver in September. See that. Which would have been a solid, solid fight for him, honestly. Um, he had to pull out, and then he got into a car accident oh, last, shit. last June. So, for during fight week. So, that's rough. Yeah, man. I'm a big, I'm a big Frank Camacho fan. Very, very nice guy. And always comes to bang, so very, very excited for his return. Shout out Guam. Yep, shout out Guam. Um, yeah, man, overall a solid card. But that's not all we have in MMA this week. We do have some more fights to talk about. Uh, first to recap this, this card, sadly, Bellator France, uh, Bellator 280, Ryan Bader, Czech Congo. Um, so the first fight obviously ended in an IPO. We didn't get to see really how it was going to play out. Well, you know, we see why they decided to, you know, take their time rescheduling this one. This fight sucked, man. Um, Ryan Bader, you know, uses his wrestling, gets a decision win. Not a whole lot to really talk about, but he did get the win. Did you see this one? What are your thoughts? Oh, uh, from, from what I know is I heard that Bader pretty much just controlled Congo. Like, Congo just couldn't, didn't have an answer to take down, really. And once he got taken down, he was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. That was essentially the story for about five rounds. That was it. So, yeah, that was the main event of Bellator 280. Uh, the, way, the way more interesting fight, uh, I like, guys, I can't stress to you how boring that fight was. Like, if you, there's, there's a reason why. This wasn't even, like, one of those situations where, like, Bellator kind of gets overshadowed by certain events or certain fights, you know what I mean? This fight was just so bad that, like, there was nothing going on. It was, like, mid, it was, like, night on a Friday. There was no other MMA on, and just nobody talked about it. That's how bad the fight was. Like, it was terrible. Um, anyways, coming event though is way more interesting. Yo Romero defeating Alex Pelosi, and it was his first win, and it, it's crazy thing about Angel. When's the last time you think Yo Romero won a fight? 2018. You looked it up, didn't you? No, dead ass, I guessed. Oh, yeah, 2018. February 2018, he knocked out Luke Rockle. That was the dude, last time he won a fight. Dude, I'm a, I'm a demon. Dude, you're on, you're on that X game mode. <laughs> I'm, I'm on demon time. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a, Honestly, a, a, honestly, a really impressive win for him. It really was. He he toyed with him. Alex Pelosi looked like he didn't even believe. That's the weird thing about Romero, man. Like, obviously, sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not. He was on here. And, uh, honestly, it looked like Pelosi didn't even belong in the, the cage of him. It was that easy. That's what I heard, um, too. I did see the finish, just so you know. Yeah. And that was a saw. It was a little bit weird because it happened with one second left, but... Um, it was bad. I thought, the, I thought the fight should have been stopped before that, too. I thought it should have been stopped after the second round. I mean, he had no answer for anything. I mean, you're just getting his ass kicked. You know, he got knocked down multiple, multiple times. So, anyways, man. Uh, happy for Romero, though, man. It, it, like, they're going to reschedule the Mayhoff fight. I'm happy about that. I think that's going to be a banger. So, um, Burgos, he did finally pick up a win. First, inside the belt for Cage as well. He looked Probably a lot of, better. Yeah. Too. For sure. And especially that Phil Davis fight was the last one. He just was so hesitant to do, to do anything. I think because he didn't know how he was going to feel energy-wise, too. Was in, and, and then also he had, like, a botched weight cut, right? Yeah. He said that know. problem before where he just, he's so hesitant because he's afraid of gassing. But he's so explosive. You saw it there at the end, man. He fucking blew up and put him out. And man, he fucked up Alex Pelosi bad, man. Pelosi's he did. a tough kid. He did. And he was he was on a nice little, nice little streak heading into this one, but... Yeah, man. Um, not a whole lot to really say about that outside of like the finish. You just solid win for him to finally get back in the win column. Like I said, they're going to reschedule the main hall fight. I don't remember what the date is going to be on that, but very, very excited for it. I'm very, very excited for that fight. But should be a fun one. 
for sure. Um, regardless, uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, not a whole lot to really talk about, but uh, what are some of the other fights you're looking to highlight? You're going to have to take over from me, Josh. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's right. Yeah, I forgot. So, anyways, uh, this, this card, dude, was a bit rough. Like I said, sometimes they have it where it's not really um, – how can I phrase it? They have, like, a lot of regional talent. To put it, you know, they put it nicely. The, the top was talent was good, though, wasn't it? Huh? The top talent, like the top French talent they brought him was pretty good. Like that David Allen guy, I heard he did, he did a pretty good performance. Yeah, he did. He had a nice win, knockout in the second, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, Laura, the, uh, my personal highlight of this was Lorenz Larkin, uh, knocking out Kyle Stewart, and dude, he made it look so easy. Um, he Kyle Stewart looked like he didn't even belong in in the cage with him. Like I said, Lorenz Larkin is a guy that sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not. And here, god damn, he was on point, man. I mean, like, and this is, like, don't look now, six wins in a row. Like, he should, if we're being honest, he should be getting a title shot next. So, and him against Musasi sounds like a lot of fun, man. That's a banger. That It is, you know. So, very, very excited to see that one. Let's hope they decide to run it. Because, honestly, I think Musasi's in a weird place right now where, there hasn't been a whole lot for him, so you know, let's see what happens. Let's see what he, happens. He's not untouchable, but like the guys that are coming at him, he's he's putting them out. Yeah, he's making him look like they don't belong in there with him. I mean, so. next online is Johnny Evelyn, so we have to see how Johnny Evelyn does next month. Yeah, which I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disrespect him, but I, I I got a feeling that it's not going to go as well as he hopes. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I'm just saying, Moose is a, he Moose is in that position right now where he's so fucking good that I don't really. You ever heard the Big Dick story? Excuse me. It, apparently, I don't know who it was, but apparently someone saw Gagor's dick, and apparently Gagor has a big dick. Well, I I really don't have a whole lot to add on that one. But... <laughs> no, I just, I, remember, I, 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 I just thought it was no, funny. No, hold on. I, just remember, I, I just remember something. I'm 99 percent sure he said the exact thing on the Ultimate Hour, not the Ultimate Hour, the uh, MMA Hour. Like he like he had a really really fun story about it. So yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard it on JRE. No, that's oh that's it. That's it. Of course, like Rogan's the one talking about it. I don't know who it was, but apparently saw Gagard's uh, dong and apparently it was big. It sound, that sounds about right. That sounds that sounds like something Rogan would talk about. But um, <laughs> anyways, man. Uh, yeah, I want to see that fight next. But as far as the rest of the card goes, uh, you know, T Ball Gucci got a nice win. Um, Soren Bach, we, we gotta eat some crow here, Angel. We gotta eat some crow, you know? I, I wish I could watch this one, dude. I might be, actually, it, sh- it should be on YouTube, right? Because it's on the prelims. Correct. It should be. I'm gonna go you do gotta some, watch this. I'm gonna do some fight analysis. Yeah, dude. This was a, a rough fight. I thought he very, very clearly lost to, um, our boy Charlie Leary, who we kind of disrespected a little bit. Gotta be honest. Uh, okay. Hey, man. <laughs> Technically, we're still right. I mean, we were right because he got the win, but I thought it was a very—it was a terrible decision. I thought you it was shut a your really, mouth, Josh. We were right. Oh, all right, my bad. Uh, yeah, man. But regardless, shout out Charlie Leary, man. He, he, oh wait, he wait, I, I'm on—I'm on MMA decisions. I see it here. The only sure dog scored it like media scores, and it yeah. says they had a 28-29 Leary. Yep, and I thought it was—I thought it was a really, really clear one too. Holy shit! Fans scored it. Eighty-eight percent of fans thought Leary won. Yep, it was a pretty. It was a pretty easy fight to score. 
And it wasn't even, it was 29, 28, 30, 27, and 29, 28, all for Soren Bach. For, everybody had unanimous first two rounds for Leary, last round Bach. Yeah, it was. Only, only 18 scorecards submitted though, just, you know. Oh, okay. Not well, the, not yeah. the, not the biggest sample size. Small sample size, but accurate though, because it was a terrible decision, so. I want to watch that one though, that's crazy. Robbery of the year? Uh, I'd say to this point. I'd say to this point. Granted, small sample size, of course, so. Um, anyways, yeah, this card was a bit of a mixed bag, but hopefully the one this weekend is Bells for, is better, because Bells are 281. It's going down from the SSE Arena in London, England. This card looked like the Bellator's best card of the year, arguably. I mean, you can make a case of all time. I mean, granted, other Bellator cards have had some bigger names, have had some more championship fights, but this card, like, on paper was fucking dope. It's taking a lot of hits, though. Taking a whole lot of hits. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, but still, still excited for the main event. Main event is Logan Storley taking on Michael Venom Page for the interim Bellator World Championship. It's supposed to be MVP taking on our boy Yaroslav Amosov. He did have to pull out because he obviously enrolled in the Ukraine military. Uh, shout out to him, sending him love and, you know, hoping for the best in that whole situation there. But while he is gone, they do have to go ahead and put on some fights. And so Logan Storley stepped in on, you know, it wasn't too short a notice, but he did apparently take to this take this fight around the end of March, so a bit of short notice. But you know what? It's it's MVP's home. We've talked about it for a long time. How he needs to take a big step up. There is no bigger step up than Logan Storley. Give me your thoughts on this one. Do you think MVP gets it done in his home country? Finally wins the big one. Or do you think Logan Storley comes in here and upsets a lot of UK fans? I think this is the place to do it, man. I think he should be able to do it. I think for Logan, uh, we know what he's going to do. We know his game plan. I think for MVP, the same thing. The thing is, though, I know that MVP has a chance or a capable or has some sort of capability to stopping some of the takedowns. Whether or not that happens is, you know, we yet to see, right? We'll see on that out. Whereas Logan, I know Logan on the feet is going to have an extremely, extremely, and I mean extremely hard time because he's not your traditional you know, stand-up fighter in MMA. He comes from a traditional, what is it, point-fighting karate background. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, the guy has a good kickboxing background. He's great at distance. He's super talented. has a fuck ton of power. And he's put out guys in some vicious way. I mean, he's legitimately hurt and potentially ended careers because of his abilities. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think for Logan... There's going to be a lot of worries, man. There's going to be a lot of worries of like, how am I going to get in? I need to be careful because if when I when he when he hits me here, but then he's over there, and then he's going to turn this way, and then he's going to faint this way, but then he can catch me here. He's in a lot of danger on the feet, especially at the start of every round. MVP's going to have the advantage unless Logan can instantly shoot and get him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as my pick, I'm going to pick MVP just because I. Think he has a chance to, I think he has a possibility to stuff some of the takedowns, get the finish on the feet, and put Logan out. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be close. It's going to be, it's one of those fights where it's very, very clear. It's going to go one way or the other. Um, MVP is a guy that his takedown defense is actually not that great, but in terms of, he's very, very smart. He doesn't let himself get put into bad position. He's very good at, he's a very strong guard. He's very good at risk control. Uh, looking at this fight, Logan Stewart was a pretty heavy favorite. He's a two and a half to one like favor roughly. Um, some places have him as high as three to one, but yeah, regardless, Stoli is a pretty big favorite here in the UK. 
man, I've been I've been going back and forth on this one all week, man. I'm gonna be honest. I've been going back and forth a a whole lot. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take MVP. I'm gonna go and take MVP. I love that I, energy. Yeah, I'm gonna go and take it, man. I just think on the feet he'll have such a huge advantage. I think. Logan's going to get him down. I'm not really worried about that. It's more about will he be able to execute his game plan once he gets him down. they got five rounds. They all start on the feet. I think NDP is going to have such a huge striking advantage on the feet, and I think he's going to make it dirty. I think he's going to get the finish. I think this is his time, man. He's 35. He knows that his his clock is kind of ticking, and that big that big winner of Douglas Lima shows, like, he's here, man. Like, he's ready for this shit, dog. He's fucking ready, Angel. And I think he's going to go out and get there, and I think he's going to get the strap, and he's going to secure his legacy in Beltor. You know, it's one of the greatest fighters to walk into that Beltor cage. Um, we'll see what happens. I can see Logan Stoley just as easily dominating him on the mat, and all this conversation is fucking pointless. But regardless, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, MVP to get the big win in his home country. But, yeah, man, co-main event spot. Another nice fight. It's apparently going to be Leona Machida's potentially his last fight in MMA. At the very least, it'll be likely his last fight in Bellator. I believe he went ahead and um, told Scott Coker that this is probably his last fight. Wow. And, um, you know, Scott was debating giving it to him. He decided he's going to go in and honor it. Thing on Fabian Edwards, who, you know, he has lost two in a row, but regardless, he's still one of the top guys in Bellator's middleweight division. Um, pretty simple one. Do you think Machida, do you think the the Dragon goes out on the highest of highs and defeats Fabian Edwards. You know, I'm surprised you, Josh. I think he can. And I think he will, actually. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually not that surprised. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm also picking Machida. <laughs> hey, let's go. No uh, love for the Edward family here in Oscar. No, I love I love Fabian. I think he's a great dude. I think he's a lot of I actually like to see him in the UFC someday. Uh, but You like him more than Leon? No, I mean, I... I've been on the Leon train for a lot longer than most people, so I mean, regardless, I just think like this. This is his. This is Machida's night, man. I think you look at the fact that he has three losses in a row, which on paper looks it looks terrible, and then you remember, oh, that's right. You know, the Misasi. I thought he beat both Misasi and Davis. To be to be completely honest, those are both split decisions. I remember the Misasi one was a really really bad decision, in my opinion. Um, and then, obviously, you know, the Phil Davis one was kind of a fight where not a lot of it happened. I did think that he won that one. The Vader fight was a fight where just, like, I remember he had some early success, and then he got gassed over the course of the fight, and then he was fighting a lot heavyweight anyways. That's not really his weight class anymore. Yep. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm taking to go ahead and go out here on a high. I think we're both picking the dogs here, Angel. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be... <laughs> well, we're smart. We're smart. We're making a correct decision. That's what it is. Well, we, we know better than, you know... <laughs> We know better than these guys making the odds. Exactly. We know we know better. I mean, that's what it honestly comes down to. Um, but, yeah, as far as this regard goes, my man, what are some of the other fights you're looking to talk about? Ooh, I mean, we got to gotta highlight Paul Daly, man. Sadly, no more Andre Korshkov, but it is Paul Daly's retirement fight, and we know Paul Daly's going to go out with a bang. So any fight he ends, you know, is going to be good. Correct. One of the greatest action fighters to ever uh, just never, actually. I think full stop. I've never, remember, I can never seen a boring Paul Daly fight. Uh, he's taking on um, former LFA fighter Wendell Diaz now. He's nine and two, coming in on very short notice. Regardless, is going to be a banger. I'm a little bit disappointed he, he didn't get a bigger name. Maybe he'll decide to come back for one more after this. I know he's talked about, you know, in the past. You know, he said he's going to retire, and then he never actually did. So we'll see what happens here. Um, 
I was hoping he's going to get a bigger name. This. I thought the Korshkov matchup made so much sense, but, you know, shit happens. So that's why we're not getting that. Um, you know, I like. I still do like the fight, though. Like I said, never seen a boring Paul David fight. But, anyways, Denise Kielholz taking on Kata Watsonby should be a very, very fun fight. Very, very excited for that one. Uh, Denise Kielholz, obviously, her last fight was that split decision of Juliana Velasquez, which is a very, very close fight. And now with a win here, she's right back in contention. Um, Daniel Vitral on the prelims taking on Rob Whiteford should be a banger. Um, yeah, Charlie, this is, this is kind of like a low-key one. Charlie Ward is back. Yep, I was looking Charlie, at that. Yeah, Charlie Ward was a guy that I kind of thought got a bit of a, a bit of a, a rough go in the UFC. Granted, he only got signed because of his association to Connor anyway, uh, but he was young in his career. He was only 3-1. and one. Um, He got knocked out twice by Abdul Hazak Al-Hassan and Glor Bonifando. And if you know either one of those guys, that's not a big deal to lose to either one of them. Like, like uh, both those guys have a shit ton of power. Um, but yeah, man. So since then, he's gone to Bellator. He's won like something like six or seven fights, seven of eight, something insane. And he actually just got pulled from the Bellator rankings because he's been out of the ring for so long. But prior to that, he was ranked like, number three. Like he was, he's right there for a title shot. He might even get one if he wins this weekend against Alan Carlos. So, he's old though. He's forty, bro. He's forty. That's true. He is forty. Um, but. We'll see what happens. He's taking on Alan Carlo, who is 13-9 and nine out of Brazil. Former Cage Warriors veteran, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but, yeah, man, Charlie, Charlie Ward kind of knows that it's his time's running up, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but, yeah, man, I like this card a lot. I really do. I think there's a lot of fun fights here. Um, like I said, like it could have been one of the greatest Baltimore cards ever, but, you know. Um, We're going to get a so, big break here, though, too. Yeah, true. They're not going to be back until June 24th after this one. But I forgot, Lima, Jason Jackson was also for this card, and it got pulled. Which is devastating, because that, yeah. that would have made this card super stacked. I mean, they had, they originally had, it was MVP, Amasov, Lima, Jackson, Korshkov, Daly. Like, they had a lot of damn good fights. Man. I mean, that's yeah. probably one of the best cards that you can make outside of the OC. Well, it's probably the greatest Bellator card ever. Like I said, like they probably had other fights that were title fights. I think Bellator NYC had a lot of title fights, but like Bellator's roster now is a lot better than it was then. So, oh um, yeah. Anyways, man, this is still a fun card. Still very, very excited for it. I think it's arguably the best card of the weekend. But you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there is no more MMA to talk about past Bellator 281. However, we do have some boxing to go over. Last Saturday night, the impossible happened. Uh, not Canelo Alvarez losing, but losing on the scorecards. I mean, um, <laughs> I w- this is a true story. Angel. I did not tell you this, but I went to bed. You know, most people know. I think I mentioned it a couple a couple minutes ago, but I fell asleep because I was in Dallas and I had to wake up early the next morning and, and go get back on the road to get back to Kansas because vacation was over. So I didn't stay up to watch B-Ball Alvarez, you know, and I woke up and I got the ESPN notification when I saw it at, like, 6.30 a.m., it was like, oh, shit, Dimitri Bivol defeated Canelo Alvarez, moves to 20, and I'm like, holy shit, he knocked him out. Like, like Oh, that's what you thought there, happened. There was just, in my mind, there was no possibility that he could win on the cards. And Angel, they got damn close to fucking him. They got real close, Angel. I they saw got, that. The cards were close. They got really close. In the end, Dimitri Bivol defeats Canelo Alvarez, Retains his WBA um, Super Light Heavyweight Championship strap. The core, the card is being one fifteen, one thirteen. Which, if you watch that fight, 
that's that's terrifying. I gave Canelo two rounds. <laughs> I think most people gave Canelo at max three rounds. And the fact that it was tied going into the tenth is terrifying. But regardless, I mean, the right guy won, so there's never no worry. I feel like, like I tell you, Josh, as long as the right guy wins, I never worry. But if the wrong guy wins, that's where the worry is. I know, and I get that point. But like the Canelo won. I know that you kind of, you know, I know that you kind of didn't watch this one give full attention because obviously you were busy with with the boys, you know. I was looking down. I was looking down, but I knew it was looking rough. Yeah, but they gave Canelo the first. All three judges gave Canelo the first four rounds. That's that's fucking terrifying. Cause I didn't. I watched that, and I think I gave Canelo maybe one, and I was being generous. Like if you, I remember um, you can look up because MMA decisions actually decided to cover this one. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a good idea of how the fight actually went, because I, I do watch this one like literally yesterday just to make sure that like I wasn't fucking crazy. I gave him two rounds. Like, I scored it one eighteen one ten bmol. It wasn't even close, but the fact that he almost fucked him is really terrifying. But regardless, you know, what did you give me your take on this one? Um, was it just that the weight was too much for Canelo? Was it that he finally just ran into like a guy that? I mean, there's there's a whole lot of different things can go into. I, th- I think it's a combination of things. From yeah. what I, like I said, I didn't get to give a great look. I'm giving as much as I can from a combination of what I've heard, what I kind of was able to see during the fight, uh, and just a little bit from you know a little bit of everything, right? Trying yeah. to bring it all, trying to trying to bring it full circle. One, I think, game plan-wise, wasn't the greatest. A bit obvious with trying to hit the arms again, trying to blow him up. He, you know, he thought it was a good idea, but B-Ball said he was very ready for that. And at the same time, I think the weight played a factor, but not necessarily the weight. Not so much to the build of B-Ball being long, tall. Pretty, pretty, not like super tall, but tall enough where it made some difference. And... Yeah. uh and with that, and, and, and also being in, in great mobility, too. And being smart, keeping him at bay, keeping him at distance, you know, and, and, and being smart and, and going forward, too, at times, being like, okay, I, I, I'm big, I need to bully him, too, you know? Yeah. So he did a lot of, I think it was just a, a combination of a, of a lot of things. Yeah, I think it's that. I, I think for sure. I think some people that are mounting it up to, like, the weight are being way too... Like, B-Ball didn't win because he was, he was the bigger guy. He won because he was the better guy. Like, that, like, if you watch that fight, man, like, he just, he just wore him down, man. Like, that strategy, he essentially had the same strategy he did against Cal Smith that you mentioned. You know, hit him in the arms, try and wear him down, and so, and so on and so forth. From the word go, though, I mean, he was, he couldn't get past the jab, and it felt like the first time where he was like, oh shit, I'm facing it. Because whenever he fought Kovalev up at 175, he was fighting an older Kovalev. Granted, Kovalev's he's 36. He's coming off a war with Anthony Yard. And even then, Kovalev, it was a, it's a really weird fight to watch in hindsight. Even even at the time, I thought it was weird. But even, it's even weirder to watch now. Because, like, Kovalev, you'd assume the roles would be the first, you know? But Kovalev was not, who's normally the puncher, was instead on the back foot. He was like, no, fuck this. I'm not getting any exchanges. I'm going to jab away and just hope I can probably make his scorecards, you know? And he was. At the time, he was. And he was winning up until he got knocked out. At least I thought he did. I think it was like, I think one judge had Alvarez winning, the other had Kovalev winning. One was like a draw, I think, up to that point. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, this fight was interesting because it was like, people was like, yeah, I'm not afraid of this power. I don't give a shit. He went out there and he just cracked him. He found a home for the jab. And in round 11, I think, here's the crazy part, because 
just the fight was tied moving into round eleven. Around eleven, Beatball just said fuck it, and he just deviated from the game plan entirely. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna stand in the pocket and trade Canelo. I'm gonna get right up to him. Fuck it. And then he just started landing big shots. You can tell Canelo was just mentally broken by that point, man. Like he just, you know, it was it was a tough fight for him, man. And at this point, he said right afterwards, he said like, this isn't over. We're gonna rematch. And then, like, the next day, he's like, hold on a minute. Let me, let me rethink this, you know. I think you should go back to 168. I think you should still just do the Triple G trilogy, honestly. Um, just because I think, like, it, that light heavyweight. He, can he beat guys light heavyweight? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I respect Canel for finding his limits. I feel like some guys, this isn't a knock against Triple G, but since I just brought him up, Triple G is a guy that he saved his, most of his career around one, two weight class. Canel is willing to jump up. To light heavyweight, willing to drop up to cruiserweight, even test his limits of heavyweight. I respect that. That's awesome. That game. I love that shit, dog. I love that. that. He's willing to test his limits to see where he is. But can he beat light heavyweights for sure? He's not going to beat the upper echelon of light heavyweights. He's not going to beat the B ball. He's not going to beat, you know, better beef. I think even Joe Smith Jr. would be a problem for him. So that at that level, you're finding guys that can not only crack because they're bigger than you, they can box too because they're fucking champions. You know. Kov, that's the reason why I moved up and fought Kovalev whenever he did, you know. Um, and I'll give him props, dude. This is a tough fight for him to take. And that's what I, I told you, dude. I thought the Mbakabu fight was interesting. Like, you were writing it off, but you never know. Which means I don't think Mbak- like, I think he's different from the Mbakabu fight, because I don't think he's very good. <laughs> that's as simple as, I don't think he's very good. That's literally what it comes down to. Hey, I think Mbakabu, Mbakabu, is Mbakabu very... puts fuckers out, though, dude. He, he, he can. Who's gonna put you out, Josh? <laughs> I get, I he absolutely could. Mbaku will whoop my ass. I'm not worried about that. But I'm uh, not gonna actually, lie. I don't know, Josh. I think Mbaku. I think you go whoop Mbaku's ass. You think you, you think if I go ahead and have a good training camp, you know? No, I, I go hang out with James Krause. No, you're fucked. <laughs> you're probably right, but yeah, man. Um, Overall, dude, this is just. I, what do you think? As far as Canelo's future, do you think he should do the rematch? Do you think he should move back down to the super, super? I mean, unless there's something he sees that he's like, holy fuck, how did I miss this? You know? You know, and there's some crazy game plan, and he has some crazy belief in him, right? Yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not capable, it's not the possibility, right? Because the guy's super talented. We've seen it, right? Mm hmm. But unless he sees something very clear and evident there. I don't think he should do it because no matter what, he'll be successful all the other weight classes. And no, I don't think anybody will shit on him for trying to like go up a weight. Like no, no, it's not really anybody else trying to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's hella, there's hella people dogging on him, but it's like, dude, like name any other name, name one other guy who's trying to do what he was trying to do. Nobody really. Not even no one really. No one. Yeah. No I mean, I'm just saying no, because I can't think of anybody. That's what I'm saying. You can't name anybody. So as much shit as people want to give him and the media do and you know, poke fun at him, no one else doing that shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, like, legitimate criticisms you can levy at Canelo, like, you know, the, the PED shit, probably. You know, the fact that he always gets good, like, oh, like it's damn near criminal at this point, the scorecards he <laughs> Like, it's, like, I'm saying there should literally be an investigation for some of these fights. But regardless, you, there's one thing you can't knock him for, and it's the fact that he's willing to fight anybody. Like, that's, that's, that's the truth, dude. Like, people are saying he's ducking Benavidez, and that's just, I don't know where the fuck that narrative came from, but, and I, mean, I like, I like Benavidez. He's fighting, like, another, my guy's fighting, like, a whole other weight class with, like, whole other plans, bro. He's fighting Benavidez, 
Benavides is even on his mind. Why isn't Benavides fighting at? Why isn't Benavides fighting other weight class then? Yeah, why? Why isn't Benavides fought another fucking contender at this point? <laughs> like, if, like know, you know, keep like, on saying like these guys want to fight me. They should fight each other rather than just like you know who's Benavides fighting next. Just guess who Benavides is fighting next. If you don't, because I'm sure you don't know. It's probably someone who hasn't even fought for a title before. No, he is fighting somebody. He's fighting David Lemieux, uh, mm-hmm. who fought for the title and got knocked out by Canelo like eight years ago. Full respect to him. Love the Canadian. Love, love like shout out Canada. Like love the guy, but you know, like that's like Benavidez needs. I don't. I, I, I'm sure you've seen this narrative too. Like I've seen a lot of people like, why isn't he fighting Benavidez? Like. That's such a – and I like Benavidez a lot, too. He's got a lot of talent. But like, are, like, are we seriously going to pretend that he's fucking ducking him? Like, yeah, no. I don't know, man. It, it makes no sense to me. But overall, um, yeah, Why man. Why hasn't Benavidez fought on draw? Exactly. Why hasn't – there's just so many fights that these guys – you're not talking about it. It's like, these guys don't want to fight me, and I get it. Payday. But, like, fight each other. Prove that, you know, you deserve this shot. And none of them do. Like, nobody is going out there and trying to prove they deserve the shot, and that's why he's doing these fights. Like, he'll, he'll fight you if you've got a title, if he wants a title, but, like, outside of that, he's like, there's no real motive for me. There's no real reason for me. Like, not- I, am, I am curious to see what he does, though. Like, what, what direction he decides to go in, or if he just decides to take a little break. Because he's fought a lot, dude, in the last two, three years. Like, he's been... He's been insanely active. Probably the most active guy out of all the guys, like... And outside of the King Jake Paul, and nobody... <laughs> yeah, no one comes close, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody. But, I mean, yeah, shit, dude. Canelo's been so active. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see, man. I think that he probably should take some time off, but at the same dude, time... Canelo's so bored, dude. He might fucking box Kamara at this point, you know? Yeah, I don't think he will. I think I think he's probably going to fight Triple G next. I mean, that makes most sense. He's going to fight Jake Paul next, Josh. No. Yes. Just no, it's not gonna happen. Um, he's gonna I go to cruiserweight. <laughs> he's gonna fight Jake Paul. He's gonna fuck him up. Fucking for some random the WBF cruiserweight title or some shit. I don't know. The emerald um, belt. Yeah, the em- the money belt was. I don't know. <laughs> WBC made that one a couple of years ago. Um. Anyways, man. But shout out to Dimitri Bivol, dude. That was a, that was an excellent fight. I, I like. I kind of hate that people kind of were just so. You know, all oh, the size. I'm like, dude, people just whooped his ass. Like, like obviously, he's the bigger guy, but... I'm saying, like, I, I think people are just saying it's size. It's, like, size plus technique, you know? Yeah. It was a combination of both. It just... I just... I see a lot of people not giving him credit, and I hate that shit. I mean, he was a huge underdog going in. Got to keep that same energy. That was a hell of a... It's not like size wasn't a factor. Like, don't... don't. I mean, we don't... We also don't want to take that narrative away, but it's, like... No. It wasn't size in and of itself. Like, the no, guy, but you know what I'm... Act, you know, the guy can box. No, for sure. You know what I think would be interesting, though? They, they asked him about it, uh, about, like, doing the rematch. He's like, yeah, I mean, fuck, we can, uh, we can do it down in middleweight if he wants. Because B-Ball, a lot of people forget, B-Ball fights at, at light heavyweight. He's fought at light heavyweight his entire career, but he boxed in the amateurs at super middleweight. And he fought as low as middleweight. So. I wonder if he would want to do that. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of a difference it would make, if any. Yeah, well, who knows? He has, you know, he hasn't fought at that weight in a while, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. But he only apparently he was only 180 on fight night, so he's not a big light heavyweight. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'd be interesting if they run rerun it at super. I'd be interested in that at 168. But regardless, yeah, man, shout out Canelo. As far as boxing goes, or anything else we talk about in regards to this fight, or anything else in general before we close out. 
Not specific. I mean, obviously there's stuff coming up on the weekend, but nothing I'm particularly interested in talking about. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Uh, I think Charlo Castano 2 is happening. Mm-hmm. And so is Anderson Silva against poor Bruno Machado who's going to get murked. So, um, but outside of that, that's essentially it. And I don't think really I don't have a whole, whole lot of interest in. Probably not to like the end of the month and the start of next month. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. But. Yeah, as far as the show goes, um, hope you guys enjoyed. I'm at Josh Shivanova on Twitter. He's at AngelOrtega underscore 01 at Quartide Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed, as always. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click. <laughs>